I wanted to do today was take a nap. Okay. But I couldn't because as you, as I've complained about, I think on Twitter, my beautiful, amazing rectory has no Wi-Fi. But you have a whole floor to yourself. I do. I have like basically a whole like a mansion to myself. It's just like <laughs> this entire third floor. It's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. So it's the third floor and my rooms are built kind of in and around. Like they're built in like this big semicircle. Mm-hmm. And in the middle, like the hallway goes into the middle of the semicircle and the rooms kind of circle around it. Okay. Yeah. But in the middle of that circle where the middle would be is a microwave. Oh, Okay. Why? Because the previous priest was not as young and spry as I was. And he said there's no way he's going down two flights of stairs to microwave his leftovers. Okay. So we had a little mini fridge up there and a little microwave. Okay. Kind of like the center of my like space yeah. as a priest is a microwave. And not Jesus. Not Jesus. No, 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 no. Jesus is <laughs> off to the side. He's yeah. there. He's got a nice okay. little chapel, but he's not the center. The center is the microwave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The tech guy. Nice guy, Ken, great. He was coming to check out the Wi-Fi. So he's going to be around in like my room. So I couldn't like take a nap, right? Yeah. And I had to be there for it. I couldn't like go to one of my other rooms because technology just, it just never works for me. Mm-hmm. Like there should be like a simple fix. Like I should be able to buy a computer and it works. And by that, I mean, it plays any video game I want to play. Like I pay right. the money, it should work. Right. Or like I should have a house that has Wi-Fi that works and it should be yeah. simple, but this never happens. Yeah. So I had to like be there the entire time to make sure he's like, oh, it works on my computer. I'm like, Ken, you're great, but it does not work on my computer. So we had to go back and forth. Right now, I have very minimal Wi-Fi. I don't know if it'll be good enough to play Fortnite yet. We'll find out. But uh, basically, he's going to fix it up a little bit more. Eventually, I'll be able to play Fortnite any night of the week I want. Nice. It will ruin my priesthood. <laughs> I will stop being so holy. Man. And then the bishop will reassign me to a chaplaincy. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I. So I just, speaking of, of those things, uh, I just got a, uh, I just got a Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah. What'd you get? What kind of games did you get? I'm not a huge video game guy, but I bought Mario Odyssey because everyone's like, this game's really wait, good. Wait, wait, wait. What, what's the game called? Mario Odyssey, I think Mario? it is. Yeah. Mario? Mario. 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 Well, that's so weird you guys like elongate a's that we shorten and you shorten a's that we like if how do you say amen amen or like most people say amen but exactly. if you went to like yeah. if you went to seminary sometimes you say amen because you're very fancy yeah. yeah that's the way you're supposed to say yeah okay because yeah. if i i know americans are visiting my parish when they say amen uh that's how you can tell <laughs> well here's a fun fact about me my parents were considering naming me mario but they're like serious? everyone everyone in pittsburgh will call me mario because of mario lemieux <laughs> so like we can't have that oh it just it just thought me thinking of did you ever see uh that movie um oh my gosh now i'm forgetting its title all of a sudden ah the movie with uh will ferrell and the guys are doing the head thing oh yeah, yeah. uh yeah. ah Oh, the um, I know what you're talking about, and people yeah. are screaming at us right now. The, yeah, I know. They're all just like I have like not yelling seen the at... movie. It's like they okay. took the SNL skit and they made it a long one. Yeah. And what is love? You know, like that. Yeah. That's like the whole thing. Yeah, we're shaking our heads right now. You don't see oh, it. Right, you're yeah. hearing it going through the microphone, but mm-hmm. uh, they're like the whole the whole thing. Their whole claim to fame is that they once saw Emilio Estevez in a crowd, and they're all like Emilio. And I was just thinking about your name with. Mario. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got, and I was like, this game is fun. Now, thankfully, I'm pretty good about 
on my day of rest, I actually played it a lot. I probably played a few hours of it, which is not normal for me, but Nintendo games are a lot of fun. Actually, I, that's what I got this because of our time in Pittsburgh. You got that Super Nintendo thing we were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, Nintendo games are a lot of fun. Like, they're actually just good fun. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. My suggestion yes. is to get uh, Mario Kart. I have Switch. Mario Kart. It is the best Mario Kart I've ever played. Yeah, I, I like, got it's a that good, too. There's like a lot of like tributes to the previous Mario Kart, so you can yeah. play online and stuff. Really and there's tons of characters, tons of cars. I got this too partially, actually, honestly. I thought, okay, Mario Kart will be a good game for youth group. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I can set it up when we have youth group downstairs because the nice thing with the Switch, it's easy. It's very portable. It's easy to set up with different TVs. So, uh, so that was one of the reasons. It's personal, but it's also something I can use for the youth group. All right, everybody, I hope you didn't tweet it already, but the movie is A Night at the Roxbury. Thank you. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Boom technology so so go, go ahead, ahead. Uh, were you gonna introduce us yeah oh yeah hey hey <laughs> hey guys hey guys you are listening to the best two priests on twitter yes and this is clerical pod i am father anthony clerical pod you mean clerically speaking oh <laughs> <You're getting laughs> yeah <laughs> it's been a long week folks it's been a long it's been a long two weeks yeah so uh, <clears throat> you're listening to clerically speaking i'm father anthony and i'm father harrison i have another thing to kind of banter about i went off on i was kind of excited because okay so it turns out i was kind of wrong la croix sparkling water oh yeah la croix la croix um <laughs> is apparently it's been in canada for a while i just haven't seen it in bc until now so uh... i was at the grocery store yesterday and i saw it and i mean you've seen this on twitter all these people are like clamoring over it Oh my gosh, this stuff is so amazing. Like you see people come in with cases of it for home and right, I'm like, yeah. Okay, this stuff's got to be really good. So I was at the grocery store yesterday. I bought a eight pack of orange and I put one in a couple in the fridge. And I was like, "All right, I'm looking forward to a nice little sweet drink oh, after a meeting yesterday." Oh, they, uh, yeah, no. I took a sip and I spat it out right away. And <laughs> What is wrong with you people? <laughs> well, is it the, it's not it's not it's not like a young person drink. Like it's not like a um party drink. It's yeah. like a boring old person life has overwhelmed me, so I need my drinks to be muted drink. Like that's what it is. <laughs> like my life as a suburbanite is just too spicy already, and I, I just can't have too much flavor in my flavored water. That's what it is. There's like no flavor. That's the appeal. There's like just no flavor in it. So here's the thing, because like in in Canada, in Canada we used to have this uh, uh, in the early '90s. We used to have this sparkling water called Canadian Springs, and it was super tasty. But it probably had sugar in it. I think that's kind of the reasoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stuff has no sugar, and you can tell pretty quickly. I this I thought this was gonna be like a new version of Canadian Springs, and it's not. And I was just disappointed. And it's interesting. I got more compliments or more comments on my tweet about how much it sucks <laughs> over how excited I was to see that I could finally buy it. Yeah, and it's also it's also <laughs> like doesn't it have like rat poison or something in it? Isn't that uh, the big controversy right that now? That was that's what that taste was. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. See, there you go. Oh yeah, it's like a pesticide. There's a pesticide in it. Yeah. That's so it. like I don't I don't like love Lequai, but like I started to like it and that like terrified me. It was like one of those moments where like, oh, I'm becoming an old person. Because I kind <laughs> of like this very boring 
very muted flavor. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I it, I don't you see. I've got a massive sweet tooth, so uh, I'm expecting sweetness when I'm getting a drink like that, and I didn't get it. So I'll go back to my San Pellegrino for like non-caffeinated beverages. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I am so so freaking tired today. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I don't know if this happens to you, but like if you like move to a new place or if you're traveling or something like that, like it's very hard for me personally to like get a good night's sleep in a new place, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that. So for like last like week and a half, I have not been sleeping well. Right. And just when I start to get used to it, I have my day off and it's Tuesday nights going into Wednesday is my day off. And I'm playing Fortnite because I'm an adult person who, who plays Fortnite. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm playing with uh, Sean McAfee. All of a sudden, Jonathan Blevins mm-hmm. invites me on to play. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He only plays when he's, he's, he's streaming Fortnite. Oh, my goodness. I get to be on Jonathan Blevins' stream. I'm going to be so famous. So we started playing. It's already, it's already late. It's like 1 o'clock at night. And so the way the Twitch works is that... The Twitch? You, the Twitch. The, like the YouTube... You, Yes, except different. Okay. So you can like subscribe to a channel and that gives you special privileges and you like pay like $5 a month to subscribe. Um, And there's different tiers, blah, blah, blah. But you can also like donate a subscription. So if someone's in the chat watching and go, I like this guy, I will pay for his subscription. Five bucks, boom. Very nice thing. So the Mm -hmm. person gets the subscription. They're like, oh, this community is so nice. I will tell other people about it. Then it kind of brings it in. While we're playing, this dude drops a hundred subscription donations wow just drops like 500 bucks wow wow exactly jonathan's like has to keep playing i'm like i guess i have to keep playing video games too and it kept going and going and going i was like forced into playing more and more video games so long story (laughs) short i became high school anthony again and i was up until like three o'clock in the morning (laughs) playing fortnite badly like i didn't get one like elimination it was terrible so there's that the fact that i couldn't take a nap today because my stupid wi-fi yeah which like brings the question like when it comes down to it when it really comes down to it what do i value more in my life sleep rest being prepared for things i have to do in the day mm-hmm. or wi-fi and the answer is wi-fi yeah this is I, what i become this is you know, this is postmodernism. <laughs> i i i started to accept the fact that i'll never feel rested just tired all the time yeah and i think and part of this comes from um i would say just growing up <laughs> and being around families where you just recognize these people never sleep oh my gosh uh how i don't know how they do this i think they just hit that threshold earlier because they have kids yeah well we, we we hit it later as we get more and more pastoral duties and we spend more time in <laughs> seminary so we're just essentially we're less mature than parents are right uh, <laughs> in many no, ways I, but i've been having the same thing yeah, yeah. Uh, but no like for me I've, I've had the same thing like i spent two weeks on holidays traveling couch surfing essentially for two weeks i did not sleep well those entire ex- no i didn't sleep the, the first time i had a good night's sleep was at producer nick's house oh really that pull-out bed he's got yeah in his living room mm-hmm. it's a it's a thin mattress but it's really comfortable that's amazing because i tried i tried that mattress and I, I hated it i sleep on his couch whenever i whenever i hang out here are you a side sleeper or a back sleeper i am a side sleeper who aspires really? to be a back sleeper interesting you see i'm a side sleeper so i like soft yeah surfaces um but yeah and then i came back and then 
you have all these pastoral things that are being thrown at you as you come back to real mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, I'm exhausted. Like I got back just totally exhausted from the trip. So I'll talk more about the trip on the next podcast, but uh, it's, I, it was a tiring two weeks. I believe it. And so I, I'm just kind of catching up now. You, it's true. You need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Isn't that one of the lines that means you're going to hell? In the in the good place. Yes, you're right. Boom. Yes, yes. I'm. I guess I'm going to. I just got like minus ten points. You did. I guess. You got minus ten points. So we're gonna have to do it. So let's get back to the basics, Father Harrison. No more all okay. these priests on the podcast ruining our yeah. amazing product. No more this. No more. No more live singing. You. No more live singing. No more gimmicks. Let's get back to what put us on the podcast map. Jordan Peterson. The Summa. Tweetologica. What? <laughs> I, I, I had that set up so perfectly. What did you say? What did you say to ruin my setup? Go ahead. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> that was why we did this in the first place. It is true. Thank you, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry to have ruined your transition. No, it's done. Nick, just hit it. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Since you're Mr. Uh, let's ruin the Summa Tweetologica that Anthony set up, how about you go first? Okay. Nice, easy, quick, fun one. Yep. Good tweet, man. Starting my Vatican II pizzeria, Novus Ordo, with Do pre- spelt as D-O-U-G-H. Get it? Novus Ordo. Just Ordo. <laughs> I just thought this is a good, that's a good tweet. I have nothing else to add to it, except I just thought that was really funny. That's excellent. An excellent start. I have no, there was a pizza place. It's by the Vatican and it had a kind of like a pun to its name. And I'll have mm-hmm. to think of it. Um, I'll look it up. Anyway. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is one that I just saw that I liked. This is from Brendan Fraser Brains because everyone has very clever spooky Twitter names. Oh, <laughs> look how fun yeah. we are. Spooky Twitter names. Our spooky names are our actual names. Yeah. It's because everyone's afraid of priests. Scary enough. All right. So he's at swag cat underscore Catholic. A surprising amount of people I know don't like the church because it's always asking for money. Like, LOL, I'm sorry. Asking for like $10, $5 to support the pancake breakfast has led you to reject the creator of the universe. Yep. And a few comments like kind of added on that. Like, yeah, the church asks for money, but like people make a bigger deal out of that than I think really needs to be. I agree. Right? Because also, they never ask, like, we need you to give us $20 today. And if they do, mm-hmm. they're really, like, weird people. Like, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you can only give what you can give, and that's fine. But also, it doesn't ask mm-hmm. for more than any other, like, the weird clubs you belong to. Like... Yeah, and I mean... Yeah. And I think... I, 
I'm putting my pastor's hat on now. There's a lot of stuff that you need to upkeep. Uh, uh, <laughs> Father Anthony just did the uh, hat gesture. Oh yes, I put a hat on my head. It looks like, and it looks like you're putting a top hat on. It, not it, it, is the pastor pastor's hat, hat not a top oh. hat? It could be a Beretta, actually. That's also that could be a Beretta gesture. It could if be. people saw oh. us live filming this, Oop. yeah, it could be Beretta. Yep. Might it could be miter. You are you? Do you want to be a bishop? Hell is that, no. That's what's up? Okay. Uh, so. There's a lot towards upkeeping of a parish. Sunday Mass is not all we do, even though that's where we see most of the people. Yes. We have programs. Sunday Mass have, is oh, all you do, listener. Yeah, you. All you do is go to Sunday Mass. Exactly. Shape up. If people some... saw my calendar this last two weeks, yeah. they would never, ever think that priests uh, just say Mass and that's it. Ridiculous. Um, but you have to pay for the priest. <laughs> we need to live. Yeah, I guess so. You know? Yeah, it's true. Uh we have to pay for a secretary. And it's a big thing. When we're hiring staff in the church, we need to pay them a reasonable wage and not cheapen out on them. These are professional people who are working hard and, and they have a legitimate position in the parish and they need to be paid a good wage. You know, you, you say that, that. You say that, but we just don't. I do. You Well, you try to. Yeah. I try to. I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a lot of staff here, but I try to, I think. Uh, um, you have outreach. You have different programs you're putting on. Uh, there's electricity, heating, sound systems, like you name it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things for upkeep for a parish. And if you have no problem going to Starbucks three times a week, then you shouldn't be mad when the priest twice, two or three times a year says, these are things, these are projects we're working on and we need some help with this. Yeah. But also the, the underlying thing, I think in that tweet, is that mm -hmm. people just look for excuses yeah. to not go to Mass. Which, that, and it shows you they love money more than God. Oh, oh take that. Boom. It's true. It is. No, it is. <laughs> well, it's because money's more real than God. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Wait, why did I say yes? Sorry, I wasn't listening there for a second. Yeah, so money is more real than God. <laughs> For these people. Wait a second. Uh, <laughs> Nick, cut that out. <laughs> I, I assumed you were agreeing with like my sentiment, not like that. Yes. Yeah, I was, right. I was agreeing more with your sarcasm yes. behind the statement. Uh, yeah. So, and, and not only that, it's people don't, like, I'll give you an example. When I, I went up to my parish in April and I said, hey, we're actually operating at a slight deficit when you take amortization into account mm -hmm. and everything. I said, we need to be good stewards of this whole building and everything. So I broke down the numbers. I said, listen, to make things more functional here, to do more programming here, I need everyone here to increase their donations by $2 a week. If we, if every household did that, we would be in the black next year, no problem. And do what? People did that. And some people did more. Wow. And it was great. And because I gave them a reasonable, easy to swallow increase to their... It turns out I found out that no one had talked to them about money for over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... If you ask reasonably and you don't do it every weekend, mm -hmm. people are generous yeah, and, and they'll, they'll help out. And also on top of that, letting them know where their money has gone to. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't just get like sucked into this like vacuum, like this black hole in the church. Like, oh, this is what we do with it. This is what we've built. Yeah. This is the program we've supported. Um, a lot of times yeah. I think people like put money in the basket and like nothing seems to change. So they're less yeah. inclined to keep doing that. Yeah, exactly. So... This is not just one tweet. 
it's a whole series of tweet if you follow tweets if you follow her on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Brunig. Hey, yes. She's been live tweeting her watching of the Star Wars prequels. Oh my goodness, I haven't been keeping up with this. I'm not even going to read any retry. Just just check out her her profile. I'm like, this is what Twitter was created for. Mm-hmm. Nice, pithy, sarcastic reactions to watching some pretty horrible movies. You know, the thing is, when I watched those movies, how old would I have been? When did those movies come out? Because I didn't like think while I was watching them that they were all that bad. But also, I have very low expectations for all action, sci-fi, hero, yeah. adventure movies. So Phantom Menace came out in 1999. Oh, because I would have been pretty young then. Yeah, I was 17. Let's see. I would have been, what, less than that, like 13 or whatever. Yeah, you would have been like or 11. 11? Pfft. Right? Ridiculous. You're six years younger than me? I didn't do any math. I just took a guess at a number. Okay. So... So here's so interesting thing that you bring that up about the, these movies because I I kind of I, I I've been enjoying watching her tweets with this mm-hmm. but everyone knows Phantom Menace is an absolutely horrible film. Yes, it's a horrible film, and Jar Jar Binks is the reason is one of the main reasons it's a horrible film. Indeed. Have you heard Have you heard the theory that Jar Jar Binks is actually a Sith Lord? You know I have, and what depresses me is how well thought out it is. And like, yeah. <laughs> there are so many like minds in our world, in our culture that come up with the most amazing, stupid stuff that if only if it was channeled to something good, think of the, like the theology we could have, or even the scientific discovery we have. If Says the guy who plays Fortnite. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Owned. <laughs> you wound me, father. And that's what you say back in return. Uh, that's what you get. It says the guy who plays Mar- Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I guess so. But like Fortnite is way less cool than <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey. Let's be honest. But you're right. Now here's the thing, though, with that 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 Jar Jar uh, that Jar Jar theory. Yeah. It actually makes the Phantom Menace a lot more enjoyable. Oh, I've never watched it with that theory in yeah. mind. If you're watching it, what, so here's here's my challenge to everyone: mm. Google or go down YouTube, look up. Uh, Jar Jar Binks Sith Lord watch the theory video it's about 15-20 minutes then within a 24 hour period watch Phantom Menace it will be an actually good movie it's totally it's weird it's 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 interesting on a philosophical perspective on how <laughs> a theory can change perception oh, yeah. which can change your appreciation mm-hmm. of a film so anyways I, I've been enjoying uh, Liz's tweets on all this good oh let's see let's just do one more for funsies Uh, oh this is from our friend father alec shrank at shrank coming to terms with the reality that my tweet about a fake toilet is performing better than my thread about avoiding sin Mm -hmm. and i think both you and i have encountered this like deep despair of the soul when we like try to pour out our hearts in something like pastoral, like something that will actually like be good for people, and it mm-hmm. gets like no traffic on the Twitters, but then we make yeah. some like stupid joke, and it just it just takes off, and so poor yeah. Father Shrank was was experiencing this. <laughs> I had no comment. It's just the the tweet just speaks perfectly to everything. It's a sacrament of the experience of Twitter. Right. And part of it, like, it does make sense. 
Like, I don't yeah. know if people are going on to Twitter to, like, be, like, spiritually edified. A lot of times it is a time waster. So I think it's just, I don't know. I mean, this is going to come a bit on the next podcast, but I had a really interesting theological discussion on the weekend with a bishop Ooh. and a few other theologians and a couple priests. And But it was a good, healthy, edifying conversation that helped us clarify some things and that was really cool and good so i do think people do i, I don't think it's just for humor and pithy and pithy things mm -hmm. i think it's i think it it's a tool for good yeah i think it can be but i think a lot of times like you're scrolling through and you see this big long thread and like meh don't care <laughs> so that's your reaction to my entire twitter account is what you're more saying. or less like i didn't read any of yeah. that thread you were talking about yeah. i was like what? tldr i'll just wait until he talks about it next week on the podcast <laughs> way easier than reading exactly. words on the internet <laughs> reading who does reading what nobody but you know what's another good way to learn is to do some listening and how about you guys get ready <laughs> to listen to presbyteral <laughs> exhortations <laughs> And now it is time for Presbyteral Exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good, quite good. Indubitably. Mm -hmm. I bet they can't wait to learn. They're gonna learn so much. It's my favorite part. It's the best part. Yes. You love it. You love it. That was one of the best. That was a, that was a Victorino Mattis uh, level transition there. I'm really working on it, man. I was like focusing. Was really I was waiting good. for the moment. And I felt it. I felt that one. I felt good. All right. I was like, good. That's good. I want to start with a question. Question. <laughs> You've been listening to the substandard. I have been. You've got me hooked question. on those guys. Question. Um, Father Harrison. Yes, Father Anthony. Are ghosts real? Yes. See, I was really hoping you would give me like a nuanced answer to work off oh. of. Right. Well, okay. You know, like having this you conversation okay? thing. Oh. Like, I ask you a controversial question, you yeah. say yes. Okay, podcast over, guys. Ghosts are yeah, real. No done. nuance. <laughs> the end. Come I, on. I, yeah. Okay. Fine. 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 Okay. Fine. Um, yes, in the sense that I would say they are prob the they're probably souls from purgatory. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's what we're talking about. What we're going to talk about today, as we get ready for All Souls Day and All Saints Day. You're pointing at yeah. me. What are you doing? What are you doing yeah, over there? I want to. I want to just throw one thing in there. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Fine. With with all that, with the ghost thing. Yeah. Jiver, uh, are you familiar with Augustine's um, uh, idea of the soul that it has a like a spiritual matter? Uh oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I am. I don't think people listening to ours. How about right. you just explain it to them right now so that okay. you know, they so there's can two, understand? There's two traditions within the church about the idea of soul. The reason I'm bringing, there's a reason I'm bringing this up. Uh, Augustine says that actually uh, the real distinction between God and creation is a material distinction. Um, and so he says that even angels have what he calls like a spiritual matter to them. Okay. So there's something, there's something quote unquote physical about even angels maybe not in the bodily form but even like their spirit has he, he calls it spiritual matter and he says what does it look like he goes i don't know uh, <laughs> <laughs> then thomas talks about it in a in a pure spirit form that there's nothing there's nothing um physical about it so here's the thing if ghosts are real and they're just souls from purgatory it actually affirms augustine's view of the soul because that means they're visible if they're visible there's something there's something physical and apprehendable about them 
Uh, yeah. Well, here's well, yeah. okay. Okay. This is good. Sorry. This is, this is great though. It's great because I <laughs> okay. want to talk about that for a second. So some ghosts. This is my note. Ghosts made of spirit stuff. Good. So we're gonna come back to that. <laughs> okay. But what we're gonna talk about today is all the fun stuff that no one ever talks about, but everyone really likes. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about talk about some angels, some demons, ghosts or souls in purgatory, and of course Jesus. And sometimes we talk about Jesus, but talking sometimes. about all this stuff, kind of getting ready for All Souls Day and All Saints Day, right? So mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit earlier about this, but, oh, hey, I'll, I'll start off this with a story. Mm-hmm. First summer of my priesthood, uh, my bishop was having meetings with all the priests. Basically, he had some back surgery. He couldn't run around and do anything, so he made all the priests come to him and have a conversation with him, which is actually really good. So we had lunch, we're talking, blah, 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 blah. And he was asking me and a bunch of other young priests, what was something seminary did not prepare you for? And so I spoke up right away. I said two things. One, at my assignment at the time, I said I deal with mental illness on basically a weekly basis, some kind of various mental illness. And if it wasn't for a few good elective courses I took, I would have been woefully unprepared. As it is now, I feel rather unprepared okay mm-hmm. and the second thing was um about things like blessings and uh demonology angelology mm-hmm. i haven't didn't learn any of that from the seminary and i've had experiences mm-hmm. with that sort of thing mm-hmm. and as i said that all the other young priests around me were like nodding vigorously like they mm-hmm. had all had to deal with this on some kind of level right mm-hmm. and um to my bishop's credit he goes i i know absolutely uh and he t- was saying that he's had arguments with rectors and faculty at mm-hmm. seminary about this sort of thing that the devil is real that demons do exist and that this is a thing what yeah 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 it's very true so huh. like that's kind of where we're coming at this from it's not talked about a lot it's not mm-hmm. talked about um, in seminaries nearly mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and because of that, this thing happened. So we're getting ready to talk about demons and ghosts. So yeah, so this is so this is the thing about seminaries, just so people understand. When we say that we didn't go over this stuff at seminary, it doesn't mean that they were trying to suppress it or they didn't want to talk about it. It's more like we have four years to do theological studies and they can only get us through so much in those four years. The ratio from Rome actually asks for a lot more. And we are they're bound by local accreditation as well, what to do for the degree. It's essentially, there's too much to do in the four years. And so seminaries have to pick and choose sometimes what they're going to talk about. And so it's not that they don't want to talk to you about this. It's more like they can't. And, and here's the other thing too. They may not have the experts necessary to talk about this. True. Because it's a pretty unique area. Yeah. It's true. And so, but luckily I've, I did some reading on my own. Also, when I was a seminarian, mm-hmm. uh, I was at this um, parish in Ambridge, PA. And like a lot of kind of older mill towns in uh, to be Northeast, a lot of times young people can have a lot of time on their hands. So where you deal with this the most, I think, at least in America, is like out in country parishes. We've got a lot mm-hmm. of bored kids. And out in like old mill towns, we have a lot of bored kids who do stupid stuff. So mm-hmm. my pastor uh, spent a lot of time 
uh, doing house blessings and consulting with our diocesan expert on the subject. And because of that, he gave me this guy's number who kind of knows about stuff in the diocese. So let's, okay, how are we going to do this? Let's see. Okay, so first of all, angels and demons are real, right? Mm -hmm. There you go. Yes, Real spiritual beings, super powerful, way more than we are. Super real, okay? Satan, Mm -hmm. he's real. And you see this, you see this in scripture. Because when Jesus is running around and doing all of his Jesus stuff, scripture Mm -hmm. makes a very big difference between when he's doing exorcisms, Mm -hmm. when he's healing, Mm -hmm. and when he's doing both at the same time. Right. Because sometimes there's there's a little bit of that crossover as well, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Scripture makes it very clear that Satan, in a real way, had dominion over this world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he had yeah. power over this world. And in some ways, you know, still kind of does. And one of the things Jesus came to do when he came to, you know, free us from our sins, unite us with the Trinity, one of the other things he did, was all part of that, was to free us from the power of the evil one. So you see that right. in his earthly ministry, but you see that most especially in the cross. Mm-hmm. So a few things we have to like lay out before we talk about this. Like, we don't want to make it like a big deal because this is kind of like a matter of fact sort of thing of the faith. You don't want to like make this, uh, you don't want to obsess over this. This is just kind of things we believe and some practical yeah. advice, right? So there's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And the biggest thing, the biggest thing is that God has absolutely no equal. Correct. Right? It's not this yin and yang thing. It's not this light side versus dark side. Mm -hmm. The evil angelic beings are creatures. They're infinitely below God. There is no, there's no one like God. So, yeah. Yep. And if you are, especially if you are baptized, if you're living a sacramental life, there's not much to worry about. Really. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because you have the Holy Spirit yeah. placed within you. You have the protection of the sacraments, mm-hmm. of grace. You're, you're yeah. kind of good to go. You're kind of fine for the most part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So what do we want to do? Do we want to do story time first? Or do you want to lay out um, some more like... I think let's let's talk about just like what's, what, like, is, what's the different ways the devil does interact. Like, yeah. You know, so I think the first thing that the most important thing to understand this is that the spiritual life has a very legalistic framework. Mm-hmm. Like just as there are natural laws in the physical world, there are spiritual laws. And yeah. this is how things operate because God created everything. He <clears throat> made it ordered. He made it good. Mm-hmm. And these rules and laws still apply um, even yeah. in the fall. So this it's a very kind of legalistic structure. So basically, right. particularly if you're baptized, the only way um, the enemy can have any power over you is if you give the enemy power over you. Yeah. And the most common way he does this is through temptation and sin, right? Yep. The devil didn't make you do it. Nope. You did it because you're a jerk sometimes. Yep. Like, let's just be honest. Like, you and I, yeah. everyone listening, yeah. we're, we just are inclined to sin, and sometimes we sin. The devil... Yeah didn't make you do it you did it you have free will exactly you still had the choice like and that's one thing i really f- get frustrated when people say oh the devil really got at me at this one well yeah he tempted you but you still had the choice to say no and to run away yeah. with grace yeah you chose the devil over grace boom that's what happens it's that simple so and most yeah. of the time you know you do that you go to confession yep 
it's all good again because God's mercy yep. and grace is way more powerful than any sin you can commit. And most of the yes. time, you know, that's all the devil really needs to do to mess us up. Yep. Like he doesn't need to like possess you. He's already have right. you, he already has you addicted to that one sin or that one habit, yep. you know, that, and, yep. and he's got gotcha. you. He's already got gotcha. you. Yeah. He's got gotcha. you. He doesn't need to have you, have you. you read? Have you read uh, Screw Tape Letters? I have not. I'm familiar. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, dude. You got to read them. Don't tell me what to do. I just did. Oh, okay. I'll read them. So that's how it normally works. <laughs> yeah. Now the bigger things, these are, there's other ways that the enemy can work on us. So I guess three yeah. ways are infestation, mm -hmm. obsession, and possession. Yeah. So infestation is kind of this like anti-sacramental thing, like the yeah. flip side, almost like the evil side of sacramentals. Yeah. The, yeah totally yeah so just like you can have blessed metals blessed rosaries your house can be blessed you're setting aside these things in a particular way for god like this yes. house belongs to god i have it blessed my family belongs to god i'm having them you know they live in this house and yeah there's a real spiritual power in that that is a good thing yeah. or else yep. we wouldn't do it exactly and but also the opposite can sometimes happen yeah do you want to talk about that yeah, it's just people can uh, can put items aside for they can curse items essentially, right? They mm -hmm. can say, "I choose that this item uh, be to uh, Satan's power rather than God's power," mm -hmm. and they can give them to people. Uh, they can. I mean, it's not just items too. It's it's just by pronouncing curses on people as well. Right. Um, like actually, it's, it was in the news recently. I don't know if oh, you, yeah, yeah. you, if you saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, this is not a political statement in any way, but we're just saying when it comes to the evil, it doesn't matter where you are and politically, you shouldn't be doing playing with this stuff. Yeah. Um, there were some witches or New Agers who wanted to get together to pronounce some hexes against Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is really scary stuff to do. And thankfully, like some priests heard this, some exorcists heard about this. And so they're, they were praying some masses at the same time mm -hmm. to help counteract that, right? Because the mass is going to be more powerful than a hex. Yeah. Um, so we, we and, and but I, I've heard stories of people uh, who've had infestations and, and issues in their houses because it turns out that there was a cursed item in a basement or someone had cursed the house or whatever. Or and sometimes it's not even curses. It's major sinful things happening yeah. uh, that become an end for the devil to have access to things. Right, exactly. Um, yeah. So like the church has never said that uh, witchcraft isn't real. Or that magic, right. quote unquote magic, isn't real. It's always said, don't well, do this stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's never said yep. fortune telling isn't real. It said, don't do it. Because whenever, don't play around with it. Whenever that's going on, if you're doing anything spiritual, and it's not <coughs> in some way submitting to the will of God, then it's yep. going to be coming from the enemy. Period. It's it's like uh, Pope Francis likes to quote him a lot from Léon Blois, or as you would say, Léon Blois. Oh, that's very good. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, if when you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping the devil. Yeah, there you go, plain and simple. So like yeah. when people are goofing around with witchcraft, or they say that they're like, oh, I'm pagan and stuff. Yeah. Are they being dumb? And you feel like laughing at them? Sure, but also this stuff is dangerous because mm -hmm. here's the thing: 
joking or not, the devil doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of this stuff works kind of like a legal contract. So if you were to be like, oh, I'm signing this contract ironically, like I don't really mean it. I don't really care. I'm just going to sign my name here. It doesn't matter that you mm-hmm. signed it ironically. The contract is signed and right. there, there's going to be legal ramifications. The same thing happens in the spiritual world. Yeah. So when you're doing stuff like trying to contact the dead through a Ouija board or looking at tarot cards or doing that kind of stuff, you are yeah. allowing something that is not God into your life. Sometimes when you do that, maybe nothing happens, but sometimes the enemy yeah. takes advantage of it. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. So that's how it happens. It's just like, don't take a risk. Yeah. Sometimes this happens through items or sort of like places, either through some sort of like terrible sin. If there's like a terrible, terrible, terrible sin that's committed there, there can be something like that. Or this kind of more curses and witchcraft and that kind of thing. So that's kind of infestation. Yeah. Um, You think that's good enough for that? I think so. So what about obsession? Yeah. So obsession is this is when the enemy kind of. is given certain permissions or rights over us this is when it begins to happen in a way, um, in an extraordinary way mm-hmm. where there will be super, super, uh, obsessive thoughts or feelings or desires. So mm-hmm. this is when we take the break in the podcast to say, this is not the same as mental illness, right? <laughs> we, we say this a lot, don't we? It's very important because there's a lot of it mental is. illness in our world. There's also yeah. a lot of like spiritual illness in our world, right? Yeah. And this is why these things can be complicated sometimes. Yeah. Because sometimes mental illness can accompany this kind of spiritual illness as well, right? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. more than likely, if you're living a sacramental life and you're having like these obsessive thoughts or if you're, you're obsessive feelings, it's likely that there's a mental illness going on, mm-hmm. which sucks, but it's, it's something different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not just going to be in the area of the thoughts though, too. Sometimes obsession can take on physical manifestation, manifestation against us physically, but it's, they can't get it in, um, where they're going to try. And so, yeah, sometimes like I've heard of a couple stories where, yeah, items are being thrown at them Mm -hmm. or lacerations are coming against on their body or something like that. That's, that's obsession as well. It's just, but he can't get in. Right. It's like he's knocking on the door, but you're not letting him in because right. you're not so letting him into the soul. Like allowed... And he's often doing this. Yeah. So, I was going to say, he's often trying to do this to get in, to say, fine, we're going to wear you down until you finally say yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of that. So So it's kind of like he's allowed on your property, but he's not allowed in your house, spiritually speaking. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He's on the front porch, but he's he's not through the yeah. door. But like, so like imagine someone like some creepy dude running around like your front yard. Like that's going to really mess with you in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. kind of thing like spiritually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great analogy. Yeah. So cool. um, the third thing, the big thing, the thing that the movies love that we all are very interested in is full on complete possession. Yes. This is weird. Let's be honest. It's kind of yeah. like a weird thing. Yeah. Where like. You know, this is when you look at scripture and like uh, the Gerenzine, uh demoniac, like this is when the enemy takes like control of like your person, like your body is in cer- yeah. some sort of sense, like inside you can sort of make you do things and all this jazz. Right. Right. So they have like a lot you have given one way or another, or they have been given one way or another rights over you in an extreme yeah. way. And yeah. 
And so the, the thing with this is, this is when you would need um, an exorcist. Do you just want to jump yeah. into that? Yeah, let's just go right into it because right. there's a lot. To, there's going to be a lot to say on this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think the biggest revelation for me learning about this is that an exorcism is basically just a blessing. Yeah. It's uh, a powerful and particular kind of blessing, but it mm -hmm. is certainly in no way more powerful than the sacraments. So a good yeah. confession is worth way, 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 way more than a thousand exorcisms. Right. But the thing is, when um, a demon has possession over you, mm -hmm. it's kind of like you're drowning and you can't get your head above water. And what an exorcism does is this extra help to get your head above water so that mm -hmm. you can cry to God again, so that right. you can ask for this help, so that you can admit your sins. Like that's what right. the blessing of exorcism is supposed to do, to kind of lift your head above water right. so that you can re-enter the sacramental life. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. How, how does one get possessed? Ugh, that's a good question. Though now, by asking this question, we're not saying go and try this out. Right. This is like the opposite of that. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, this is the opposite. This is more like a warning sign. Don't do these things. Things not to do. Right? Yes, exactly. You know, the thing is about this, there's something in our, like, in our literature that kind of gets something right about this. Like the whole idea of selling yeah. your soul to the devil. Yeah. Like that's kind of how it happens. Most if it's going yeah, to happen, exactly. it's it's yeah. you know, engaging in so, witchcraft or engaging in a black mass yeah. or trying right. to make a deal with the devil or trying to pray to the devil, or yeah. engaging a soup a life of intense intense sin and habitual and yeah. diving into that. These are the ways that these things happen. So can I? I want to. I'm going to put two movies out there. Yeah, do it. Have you have you see, have you seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose? I have seen it. Have you seen The Exorcist? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, just make sure we're on the same. <laughs> we we need to check these things before we uh, record it live. Makes it sometimes. way more but interesting. Anyways, it's like, yes, yeah. Live anyways, action. Uh, live action here. It's we're we're on the fly, folks. We're on the fly. With I've seen both, and I think The Exorcist is one of the most Catholic movies I've ever seen. Go on. It's just it gets it right. How does Reagan get possessed? Do you remember? I don't remember because that was like the scariest experience of my life. And I've tried oh, yeah. actively to forget that movie because it was terrifying. Gotcha. It is. <laughs> and I saw totally this like terrifying. when I was in seminary, like yeah. I was like an adult person. I'm like, this is the scariest. I, yeah. I kind of, I need to watch it. So I usually kind of, for some reason, I always like watching it around Halloween I'm time. Done. It's just a good film. I've quit. I watch it every movies. year. I do watch it. I watch it every year. It's because it's good filmmaking. It's good. It, it's, it's a microcosm of the seventies. It's, and it's theologically accurate. So Reagan, uh, plays with a, an Ouija board at the beginning of the film. These people aren't Catholics. They don't go to church or anything. And so uh, the mom tries all these psychological tests. Nothing's working out. And she finally gets a priest sin, right? Yeah. Um, I don't want to have to go into the whole film, but that, that was the in. Yeah. This is why I've never liked the exorcism of Emily Rose. Why? She was going to church. Uh, right, right, right. She was participating in the sacraments. Mm -hmm. She had a life of devotion. Mm -hmm. And there was no portrayal of an inn yeah. for the evil spirit. And for me, that's concerning because the theology is pretty clear on this. The devil cannot take over unless we give permission. Mm -hmm. So I find that those are really good two ways to kind of look at it. It's why I've always had... And plus, it got... 
I, actually, I found um, Exorcist of Emily Rose got a little too sensationalized um, sure. as well. Exorcist actually, I mean, a little bit, but it's actually not that. That's it, it's so scary because it's so real. Yeah. Um, so I find those two films kind of give us a nice little idea of what how it all works. It's essentially you have to get you give the devil an in. Yeah. And and here's the other thing with with Reagan. The way the movie portrays it is that she she's been playing with the Ouija board for some time, yeah, and conversing with a particular spirit called Mister Howdy, uh, <laughs> right? So okay, that that's yeah. a scary that that's okay. what it. Yeah. But I'm just saying like there's a persistence there. It's so like I say that because we might be worried like oh my gosh I I I looked at an Ouija board or I touched one once am I am I am I am I doomed? No, it was a persistent access on her part. So yeah, that being said. If you've played with a Ouija board and you never confessed yes. it, this weekend go to con- bring it to confession. Go to confession, like go to confession, yeah. and then be at peace. Yeah. Okay. Or and not just a Ouija board, any other types of uh, anything else like that, you know. Yeah, and I would even say if you're someone who um, checks your um, what's it called horoscope? your sign, your horoscope, confess that and stop doing yeah. it. Yeah. And if 100%. like if I say that and you're like, oh, but I really like doing that, like. Think of how dumb what you think of how dumb <laughs> what you're doing really is, and how e- I like how like I have never checked my horoscope ever. There is nothing I'm missing from my life. Like if yeah. if like think about how your heart might be clinging to this thing. That's good enough reason to give it up. Like don't yeah. do it. Just don't, just, yeah, stop, just don't do stop, it. Stop. Stop it. Okay. So so now we we know it's, this is popular in the culture and everything. Um, we had people. This is coming up because Going Blonzo, right? Trad Queen mm-hmm. had asked us about this. And so we thought, oh, yeah, we could do a podcast on this. And even in the church, it's something that is talked about, I would say, with a there's a sufficient culture of exorcism and stuff like this and demonology, et cetera, in the church. Do you think it ever gets sensationalized even within the church, even by like some priests and stuff like that? You know, it can but in my experience, mm-hmm. I've in, in my diocese, I've only seen extreme attempts to make sure it doesn't get sensationalized. Right. right. So, like, there's a few things. Like, the thing with exorcism, that is something that is reserved to a bishop. Yes. Someone who has the fullness of the orders. Now, a bishop, and he often will do this, will um, give these faculties to a certain priest. and because Who the has to be really holy. Right. So that's the difference between a sacrament and a blessing if you're yeah. a priest and you say the words and you want to do the sacrament the sacrament happens it it's efficacious it works right? yeah this is the great mercy that god has given us sacraments work period yes now when it comes to blessings that's a little bit different that, ver- that is more dependent on the holiness of the priest of his faith mm-hmm. of his devotion and that kind right. of thing i mean a blessing is still going to be there 100 percent. Right, if a priest blesses you well, it's still a blessing like this it, it's similar like how we use sacramentals yeah. like if you just you know wear your scapular as a get out of hell free card it's not yeah. going to have a lot of effect in your life but if you right. use it with faith and devotion that's when it, it gains a special spiritual power right yeah so that's what I'm trying to say with this. Yeah. Um, and also you need for a priest to, um, one, be like well-trained in what to do and have a good theology behind yeah. him and have a incredibly good prayer life. Um, yeah. And often, so nowadays too, priests will often have a team around them. Yes. Of experts in psychology and medicine and, and counseling 
um, and in theology to advise them when particular cases are put forward to them who are exorcists. Yeah. So it's not something they do just on their own because we don't want to sensationalize things. Like um, Now, have you read any G Father Gabriel Amor stuff? Yeah, that's, I think, where most of my information comes from, yeah. Interesting. Did, I don't know what your experience of him was. I found him a little sensationalized. You know, the thing is, though, and I, I, I would suggest reading his books. I think they're good. And I think his yeah. first one starts off incredibly well. Because he yeah. starts off with Jesus Christ. Right. And right. because he started with that, I was more willing to trust the other stuff. And yeah, he right. mentions the more extreme cases and the more sensational sensational things. Well, but like, I don't know if that's... Because he frames it so well theologically, yeah, I'm I don't okay know. with it. Oh, no, I don't think... like I guess for me, it's more of the way he talks about how many exorcisms he does a year. I was just like, this seems almost humanly impossible. Right, he's doing them all the time. He says like I do like twenty five thousand a year. I'm like, or something like that. It was something sensational like that. I was like, how? Because <laughs> how? How is that possible? That's a good point. Like, I never I just, actually I, like questioned that. Like for me, the numbers were a little off. Sure. I, but I he's Italian, and Italians like to exaggerate. No. So, uh, <laughs> Impossible. He says. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but I mean, his stuff is good. Another book I read, I, it came out. I want to say 2006. Mm -hmm. It's a book called The Right, whose author's name I'm forgetting. It's about a journalist who's living in Rome. Mm -hmm. And this was when um, Regina Apostolorum had just announced their course on possession and exorcisms. Um, and so he decided to take the class, essentially, oh. to learn about what the church's teaching is on this. He, he wasn't a practicing Catholic at the time. A as he was going through this, he met a priest who was there who was sent by his bishop to learn about this and to, to mentor with an exorcist so he can become the diocesan exorcist. Yeah. And so half the book is just him relaying the information he learned in this class. And it's incredibly balanced, mm -hmm. non-sensational, uh, very objective. And the other half is his working with this priest uh, who is going about mentoring about how to be an exorcist. And that's where it gets really interesting because the man sits in on a couple exorcisms, this journalist, mm -hmm. And he sees someone like levitating off their chair. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Like really fantastic stuff. And it brought him back to his faith. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it, right? He said the stuff is the devil is real and therefore Jesus has to be real because to have victory over him. Yep. And so he came back to the church through all of this. And so it's a really heartwarming in that way too. And you get that personal side, but you also get the objective side. It's a fantastic book and I highly recommend it. Maybe while you're talking, I'll find the name of the author. Yeah. So it's not the movie. The movie that was, that was called the right was based off this book and the movie is horrible. So getting back to your question, is this sometimes yeah. sensationalized? Yeah. So I was saying the Bishop has kind of jurisdiction over this. A lot of times he delegates yeah. priests and those priests are, in my diocese, I think most dioceses in the world, are not publicized. Like, you right. can't go to a diocesan website and be like, oh, let's look up who's the exorcist for yeah. that very reason. So one, so this person can't be targeted specifically, but also yeah. so that it doesn't get sensationalized. Right. And so there's, right. I think, a, a couple priests in my diocese or so. Um, yeah. So there's that, and then there's also... Um, a someone in our diocese who um, is familiar with these things is not a priest but can kind of diagnose things and right. um, he also put out a manual for priests 
Um, awesome. And the reason why I, I say that I, I like Gabriel's book is because it lined up very much so with what our hmm. diocesan like guru kind of like said about this sort of thing. So it kind of it right. all matched up. Right. Um, so I think the church takes great pains not to sensationalize it because yeah, that's one of the problems that people get obsessed with the, the demonic and people yeah. get obsessed with witchcraft and obsessed with this thing. And um, they, you know, to quote Tolkien talking about Saruman, like getting too deep into the arts of the enemy. Right. Yeah. And then you become that's and that can cause some of the problem because you get exactly this like idea of power. And this is what this all is about is when human beings try to get spiritual power without God. That's yeah. the avenue that the devil gets in on. Yeah. So, by the way, the author of the book it, of the right is called his name is Matt Baglio, B-A-G-L-I-O. So um, it's worth checking out. It's yeah. Now, you had a point there and it. Uh, as per every podcast, I had something in my right. head. It's not a podcast until you forget your It's point. not a podcast unless I, I, I have something like that. But I want to... Oh, it, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just... No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So I want to get back to that first question I asked you about ghosts. Yes. yes. So uh, a fun story. Uh, a priest friend of mine was working with this you know guy in our diocese who knows these things. And uh, my priest friend said, you know, sometimes I feel like our church is haunted and our diocesan expert looks at this guy and goes, Oh father, every church is haunted. (laughs) And of course my buddy's like brain explodes all over the church walls. Like his brain matter everywhere. He's like freaking out about this. But I think this gets to the point, like where, where, where is purgatory? That is an interesting question. If you don't have a body, where is anything? Yeah. Right. So here, the Eastern Church has a very interesting idea about what the afterlife is like. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I got to just, the first thing to think about is, or what they say is that the afterlife is really all about the immersion in God's divine love, mm-hmm. right? If you're in heaven, it's the fiery love of, it's this God's fiery love that you are, lived in right yeah if you're in purgatory it's a purgative fire that's burning through you to take away anything that's not of god so you can be with him and if you're in hell it's the it's it's a punishing love because you know god loves you and that's what kills you yeah that's what you hate that's what you hate exactly so i think that's part of it because you're right there has there's always place right because of us being creatures there has to be a place for us um so where that is exactly i'm not sure but it also like with the idea of ghosts and stuff like that i I do actually think that it it actually shows us that the spiritual and the earthly are not meant to be separated yeah but they're actually meant to be together Mm -hmm. and that it's a sign of us being on the way to what christ will bring at the end of time which is a full reunification of heaven and earth right yeah so i think like part of it i asked that question because it kind of makes you think about all those things you just said yeah um and also a realization that the spiritual and the physical, even as they are now, are, are, are very you know close together. Yeah. But even that question aside, God sometimes allows, it seems to be an experience of people who deal with this, will allow a soul in some way to ask for prayers. Right. So this is what yeah. happens if um, a lot of times, let's say, 
Um, there's just some things being like knocked down in your house or just like some noises or just like some weird stuff going on. You know, a yeah. lot of times um, we go just regular old parish priests. We do a house blessing and everything goes away. Yep. Um, or we say, you know, we say that, you know, say a prayer, a Hail Mary, three Hail Marys, offer a mass for souls in purgatory. And then that kind of thing just kind yeah. of goes away. Right. So here's the thing. If God allows a soul in some way to ask for prayers, if God allows it, that's all that will happen. So no soul, yeah. no human soul will ever like try to talk with you or right. form a relationship with you or try to tell you secrets they can't they're not allowed to like you are not allowed to do a lot of stuff in purgatory like you're exactly. pretty much just sit there and get um purified in god's fiery love like it's more or less like god yeah. might allow you yeah. to be like hey can you pray for me and that is like an extreme mercy that god offers in that case right right um there's a, a great story and i've heard it a bunch of times so it might be apocryphal but it gets to the point that there was a rectory where all this kind of stuff was going on, like just books and stuff falling down, blah, blah, blah. Um, priests had done a house blessing. Nothing was going away. Nothing was happening. Well, they're searching through this old dead priest stuff, and they found all these mass intentions that the priest had collected mm -hmm. money for but had never offered mass for. Mm -hmm. So the priest was supposed to have said prayers for all this stuff but never done. So basically a bunch of priests got together and just kind of said masses and rolled through all these intentions. And it was mm -hmm. after that that all the stuff, all the bump in the night stuff went away. Oh, in interesting. The house, right? Interesting. Huh. So it kind of. It, Very cool. So I think it's a true story, but whether or not it's a good story that illustrates that, like, sometimes God will allow these things to happen. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. By the way, I remember what I wanted to say earlier. Yeah. This, again, it's not a podcast until it comes back to me later. I need to get a pad of paper for the next one so I can write these stuff down. All right. Uh, so I had like, I mean, I think we want to share some stories, but just a quick one because like there are ways to test if this is true or not too. Mm -hmm. I had a guy come into me once when I was at the cathedral. He was emailing me saying, "I'm possessed. I'm possessed." So I said, "Fine, come, come to meet me at the cathedral." Right, quick time out. Like, I'll, so when you get an email and the guy says, "I'm yeah. possessed," what are your thoughts and feelings? Honestly, usually the way it depends. It depends on how it's worded, and you can tell by like the grammar structure. I was like, "This guy's crazy." Okay, yeah. I was almost certain, but out of charity, I wanted to make, you never, at the same time, you don't want to uh, ignore it completely because I can't, I don't know until I meet them. Yeah, yeah check it right? out. I've, I've gotten emails before where that's not the case and it's been really, so anyways, he comes into the office and I bring him to the library and I make sure there's a crucifix, um, very visible for him to see. Mm -hmm. When I walk in, I walked in behind him so I could bless him. And I blessed him as I walked in. Yeah. There was no reaction. I put holy water on my hand so that when I shaked his hand, he touched holy water. Yeah. No reactions whatsoever. So I had to say to him, I can't do anything more for you until you go see a psychologist and get an analysis for them. And he says, well, they're going to tell me I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> I said, well, buddy, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, well, I can't, I really cannot do any, I cannot take the next steps with you until I get a medical report. Mm -hmm. And it was, that was the last I heard of him. But, yeah. you know, you have to go through these steps. And there are there, there are ways to test. Yeah. So, so actually, that brings up another point. There's actually a lot of stuff. We could have done, like, two podcasts on this. As long, as we, get, as, long right as we get across the point, like, guys, don't do stupid stuff. I think we've accomplished yeah. our task. But I think so. Um, maybe you've heard stories of the saints. And there are stories of, um, like, St. Dominic. 
throwing his rosary around the neck of a possessed person and then mm -hmm. the possessed person being freed from that demon mm -hmm. was that an exorcism no no but the thing is saint dominic is so darn holy and that rosary that was blessed was so like holy that it annoyed the demon so much it just left right yeah like there's something that um that's different from an exorcism that has in some ways the power of like the church being active in there. So you right. do hear these stories and even um, there are Protestant denominations that have prayer ministry and have success yeah. with their prayer ministry. And it's yeah. because of their personal holiness to be awesome, to be, you know, frank yeah. um, because of their closeness to Jesus Christ. So yes, yep. even, you know, Protestant denominations have can have had and do have success with freeing people various levels. Yeah. Now, that being said, you shouldn't go around trying to feel a free people from the devil if you're listening to this. No, no. no. Oh, and with, with all that too, guys, yeah. you know, um, and there's a difference between like, we, we, we've talked about infestation, obsession, and possession. Mm -hmm. There's also, there is something true though too to the attachment to sin. Yeah. And that we need to be kind of delivered from that, right? So, you know, it's okay to ask for deliverance prayers over particular sins that we recognize. Wait, I've given, because when you give yourself over to a sin, you're giving your, St. Ignatius calls it this way too, you're giving yourself over to a particular spirit. Now, it may not be like a demonic spirit, but it's the spirit of that sin. And you need to be, you need to break the chains of that. And so you need prayer and ministry and the working of the priesthood there for that. Um, to really break that so it's actually one thing i suggest to people a lot it's start having masses said especially even if it's for your own intentions yeah to to say i um you can and you can have it like personally inside your heart to say yeah it's for a particular deliverance or something like that mm -hmm. um, these are these are ways to start to let the church do its work on your side uh to help bring you away of deliverance from these attachments yeah. excellent okay so i want to jump into story time Okay, we're having a long podcast today, folks. That's just the way it, it is. It is. It is. Now, it, I don't know how long it's been going because, in a very, I don't know, providential way, the Wi Fi at producer Nick's house cut out, but we just kept on recording. <laughs> so I don't even know where we're at. But hey, we're going to keep going. It was, it was Purgatory saying, Stop talking, Father Anthony. You know, it probably was. <laughs> but I'm going to keep talking because that is how great my hubris is. <laughs> so okay, I'll try ahead. to shorten the story because it can be very long, but it's a good example of things that can, you know, happen. So this was like my first few months as a priest. My pastor went on vacation. I am the only priest in these three parishes. I'm in my office. The secretary knocks on my door. I say, hello, come in. And she says, there's someone at the door saying that they were maybe possessed by a demon. This is above my pay grade. Father, can you handle this? And Internally, I was like, probably not, but I guess I'm a priest, so I have to do this. Externally, I said, yes, bring them in. So this um, guy came in and started telling me this story that um, he had two small kids, and one of the kids had kept seeing a small, like, child figure. Um, mm -hmm. And couldn't see the face of the child, but was, like, talking to it. And they always kind of assumed that this was some kind of, you know, um, imaginary friend. Now, sometimes exorcists will say that if you're seeing a figure without a face, that's not a good thing because the human face is so holy. It's something that 
the demons can't make you know uh, images of. Mm-hmm. So that's a little a little little trick there. So I heard this. I'm like, okay, whatever. Then he says one time he saw it and he got freaked out, and so he goes to what his wife saying, hey, I think I saw you know what our kids saw. She right. laughs at him like one would do and says out loud, oh demon, if you're out here, how about you just show yourself? Now. When I was telling Father Harrison this story, he was like, uh-oh, because you don't talk to demons. Because if you no. talk to a demon, you're entering into a relationship with a demon. You're opening mm-hmm. the door open a crack. That is a stupid thing to do. You're allowed to talk yeah. to Jesus and marry the saints. Not allowed to talk mm-hmm. to demons. So don't do yeah. it. So Because you, it's an anti-communion, right? Exactly. Like you were saying earlier, it's an anti-sacrament. It's an anti-communion. Yeah, and if you think you're some big tough guy, you're like, you know what? I'm going to say suck it to the devil. That's a stupid thing to do because the devil's way stronger than you. You're a little punk. This is an angelic being. The only reason why you are strong is because you have the strength of Christ in you. Let Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. do the fighting, not you, you goof. Okay. Yeah. So she challenges this demon. Show yourself. And all of a sudden, they both see this like kind of classically demonic figure, horns and all that, come at them. And they get freaked out. And the guy turns around, and he gets two like shallow um, sets of scratch marks, like sets of three, one boom, on his back. They freak out. They bring their kids to the basement. And they're just like huddled there in like panic and terror. Okay. After a while, this guy... He, he gets kind of frustrated because guess what? He's the man of the house. He's a big, strong man, right? And as I'm telling the story, like, listen to how much, like, pride screws stuff up and, like, you know, strips you up, tri- trips you up. Mm-hmm. He goes upstairs and he says, you know what? Whatever you are, get out of here. This is my house. It's not your house, blah, 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 blah. Sees the figure again. He gets lifted up from the ground and thrown into the wall. Okay, so... Needless to say, they did not have a great night. So that's when they both come to the next morning. They come to me and I ask, you know, why? Why did you come to me? Because a thing that will happen among people who practice witchcraft or have something against the church is that sometimes they'll try to target priests. They'll try to kind of Mm -hmm. trap them with these like sensational stories. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And also a priest needs to watch out because one of the tricks the devil will play is that, that the devil will try to take you away from your regular ministry, from your regular appointments. You have to watch out for that. You know, this is, you know, you're supposed to, if you make an appointment, stick to it. If you're supposed to say mass, mm-hmm. stick to it. You know, these are the things that are important. Okay. So I ask him why. And he goes, I don't know. I just need to see a priest. I was baptized here. Like seeing a priest is what you do when this sort of stuff happens. Right. And I was like, well, buddy, you ain't wrong. Okay. So ask him a few more questions, write them all down. He leaves and I start to freak out. But luckily I remembered the name of our guy who handles this sort of thing in the diocese. So I call him up, give him the story. And he says, yup, sounds about right. When do you want to go? I was like, go, go where? The go where? And he goes, oh, go to the house. I was like, uh, go to the house. Okay, I guess like, you know, next week I'm kind of open. He goes, you know what? The sooner the better. And I was like, okay, I guess I could go tomorrow. If you want to go tomorrow to the demon house, I guess I'll go with you. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking to the microphone. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I call up my buddy who was going to go with me, priest friend, and we kind of get ready to go. All right. We go to the house. Now, both of these people, they are exhausted because they haven't been sleeping well. They're being worn down. This is another thing the enemy will kind of try to do to try to wear you down, right? We're talking with a guy, trying to ask him questions, and all of a sudden, the, the expert the do- expert says, hey, what's that on your finger? And he goes, oh, it's this ring I picked up at um, this thrift store or whatever, some like, like yard sale. It's a very fancy looking ring. And he goes, oh, do you know that's a Masonic ring? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, oh, oh no. And, the, and our expert tends, you know, goes to say, like, a lot of these rings are made and their curses put on them and they're just kind of like distributed out there, right? So he says, we're going to need to take that ring and destroy it. And I kid you not, the dude got like Gollum-esque about this ring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he didn't want to let it go. But after like some like, his whole demeanor change is really fascinating to watch. But he, he takes it off. He gives it to the guy. One of my friends does something that's called like a minor exorcism on the ring. It's not a full exorcism. You can't exercise objects, but it's mm-hmm. a blessing over the ring. Okay. But that revealed something. This guy was wearing a ring that was likely cursed, giving the enemy more power over him than his wife. So mm-hmm. even though earlier on in the story, the wife challenged the demon, he was the one that got scratched up and thrown into walls and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense? So we're yeah. all like, ooh, okay. So we keep, next part what we do is we ask the couple to start renouncing things. And this is actually a good spiritual practice for anyone. It's like uh, kind of renew your baptismal vows, renounce sin, um, renounce any kind of witchcraft, all that kind of stuff. So I was leading the couple through this. As I'm leading them through this, asking them to renounce things, the wife gets like really like sort of like tired and just zones out. She's mm. not really responding. The guy has to kind of like shake her hand to like, you know, get her to like wake up or whatever. So something was going on with her. We don't know. The guy, I think because he had eaten the most of the humble pie as far as getting freaked out, he was all about anything we asked him to do, he did. We then asked him to, uh, the couple to say a prayer over their children. Because one thing that Mm -hmm. can kind of happen is that sometimes these things can either be passed down uh, through families Mm -hmm. because a father and a mother has spiritual rights over their children, right? Yep. So just to break anything that may have happened. And the guy... It was obvious he hadn't gone to church in a long time. But in his own like way, he prayed this like beautiful prayer off the cuff, like about his kids. And you could tell like mm. he wanted to repent. He loved his kids. It was a really, really beautiful experience. The wife, on the other hand, she's zoning out. You know, who knows what's going on with her? It turns out that we can't bless the house because the couple living there that I was talking about, they didn't own the house. Their parents mm. owned the house. Yeah. And like I said about all this legalistic stuff, like you need permission from the people who own the house to bless the house. That's just how yeah. it works. So we give them a Bible. We tell them to start going back to church, pray the Bible with their kids. We give them some holy water. We say a little informal prayer, blah, 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 blah. And that's all we can do. And it was kind of frustrating because mm-hmm. you want like a resolution to the case, but there, sometimes there just isn't. There was obviously yeah. something that was going on um, with they hadn't given us all the information. Like someone had done something or something was going we just didn't know. Yeah. Um, the only other contact I had with this couple was that I got an email 
and it happened that like late at night saying, this is an emergency, father, can you come over right now? I didn't get the email because I was asleep. The next morning, I get this email. And like I said, you can't change, drop everything and just get obsessed with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I said, hey, come on in. Let's have a meeting and let's talk some more. They never responded. Mm. And that was it. So you can see yeah. how these things can be really complicated. There can be a mix of yeah. sometimes obsession and infestation or yeah. you, you don't know. And sometimes that's yeah. it. But that was, that was my, my one kind of extraordinary experience with all of this. So I have another, I have a story too, but uh, I'm also sensitive to time. Oh, right. <laughs> my goodness. So I'll share my story another day. Okay. Well. So you want to wrap us up? Yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap up. Don't use Ouija boards. Don't yeah. talk to people who aren't God or the saints. Don't be yeah. stupid. God is more powerful than the demon, right? God is yeah. all powerful. Jesus is Lord. If you live a sacramental life, like be at peace, you're safe, you're good. Go to confession regularly, right? Yes. And and have yeah. masses said for you and loved ones. Yeah. Pray for souls in purgatory. Yeah. Did you get all that, people? There you go. That's what you gotta get from this. Don't. In other words, be a good Catholic. Yeah. And don't be stupid on Halloween. Don't do stupid stuff. Exactly. All right. Cool. So, thanks for listening to the podcast. I am Father Anthony Sharapa. You can find me at Father Sharapa on Twitter. You can find our podcast at Clerical Pod and Father Harrison. Go ahead. I am at Fr Harrison. We have an email that I never remember, so Father Harrison's going to tell you what our email address is. <laughs> it's clerically speaking at gmail.com. Excellent. And uh, and, I, and you also never check. I'm always and I'm super behind on the emails, people, because. Mm -hmm. Father Anthony does. Yeah. His Father Tommy. Uh, no, Father Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Ty is a father, and he said, "You know, what, can I can I be on the podcast again? Because I really enjoyed those few seconds I got a couple weeks ago." And I told him, "No, it was no, just, not this week. We're we, too we busy this week. Yeah. So just no." And we're too. And it's not just we're not 15 minutes of fame, people. We're 10 seconds of fame. And he exactly. got it. He got it. So this podcast, no, maybe try again next time, Tommy Ty, if that is your real name. That's all we got. <laughs> Peace, God bless guys. You all.